Welcome back to Cathode Ray Mission. I am Randy Heyer, and joining me, as always, from Berkeley, California, live via satellite, Will Scoville. Hello. How's it going, Will? I'm all right, Randy. How are you? I'm doing well. Coming in hot, coming in big, bold. Now I'm going to ease back down into the way this podcast is. Mm -hmm. We have a special guest today. It's a former host of a podcast uh, I appeared on, I think, at least four times, Boys. So. And yeah. And, uh, and now the host of Mixtapes and Heartbreaks with his lovely wife, Diana, Josh Montgomery. How's it going? Thank you guys for having me. This is fun. Yeah. Thank you for having me or being on the podcast. I mean, wow. <laughs> Foot in my mouth right at the beginning. Yeah. Here. You doing okay, Randy? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I'm not. <laughs> I woke up, climbed some rocks, you know? Yeah. But uh, yeah, we've got Josh here because we're going to discuss um, Ernest Goes to Camp. Now, I wanted to have Josh on here specifically because I was talking about Gaylord Sartain on Instagram a week ago, and he, he messaged me about it, and I was like, man, we just got to get you. I owed you anyway for you having me on boys so many times, and I was like, Ernest, perfect. Dude, yeah, this is like, this is one of those movies. It's like the one of the first three movies I ever saw as a, as a, as a being, you know? It was like, follow that bird. It was uh, yeah. Land Before Time, and it's Ernest Goes to Camp. That's like the first three in theaters that I still have distinctive memories with. Like, you know, they always ask, like, what's your, what's your oldest memory? It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know, man. Seeing Ernest fall off a ladder when I was like five, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I saw any Ernest movie in theaters, actually. Oh, man. I you saw... I did not see this one. I saw... I saw Scared Stupid. I saw Saves Christmas. Definitely. I might have seen Goes to Prison or Goes to Jail. <laughs> goes to Prison. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, that's, the, uh, that's the Mandela Effect yeah. alternate yeah. universe version. <laughs> he goes to prison. Because <laughs> uh, I was a big Ernest fan, but I definitely, I definitely saw this one on video and kind of, I can't remember who, I, I remember where I heard about like Pee Wee Herman. Mm. It was a, like someone at daycare told me about it. And I'm like, I have to see this thing. When we were watching this, yeah, you like just yesterday, I was like, I brought up Pee Wee's Big Adventure. It's like, oh, yeah, I mean, I guess they are kind of similar characters mm -hmm. in a way, you know, but. Well, it <laughs> definitely pops up. Sorry, it pops up on one of those like, uh, if you like this, you'll like this. Like, at, mm -hmm. you know, at the end of a movie, it'll yeah. pop up. Hey, watch Big. It's always Big Top Pee Wee or Big Adventure. Like mm -hmm. the because they are in the same kind of, I guess, w realm. Eccentric. Yeah. Yeah. They were trying to do the same thing with, with like Pee-wee as like he's like this crazy character in this world of pretty much normal people, mm -hmm. um, which I always kind of like that that idea where you, you get someone who's kind of this – because like Ernest came from commercials. Yeah. He was like a commercial character that it didn't – he wasn't associated with any one brand. He was just like – you hire him out as a spokesperson for your brand. Yeah. yeah th that's what I was going to ask you. Is that, is that why uh, we're Oklahoma boys? Is that why we have the affection for Ernest? Because he was in Brahms commercials. That's where yeah. I first saw him was Brahms commercials. And I thought this, yeah, this guy's funny. This guy <laughs> yeah. was comedy. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a for us, by us type situation, <laughs> honestly. Mm -hmm. Like it is like, he's a redneck basically. Mm -hmm. And he's like, 
He's a simple dude, but he's not. He has like a really good heart and stuff. I don't know. Yeah. There's, I was yeah. thinking about like what the appeal of Ernest is. And there's there's something that they say in this movie. We'll just get into it, I guess. But yeah. in camp, he mentions that he fought in Vietnam. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Did I, Randy, did I, did I send that to you? Did I send you a message about that? No. Because like, like Jen and I were talking about that when that came up. And I was just like, was he in Nam? Like, did he? Well, did I just he, watched Army, and it seems like that's not canon. But then... If he's lying, that's like wrong to lie. Uh, stealing valor, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see that prequel where he's, you know, in Nam. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's called Platoon. Ernest yeah. goes to Nam. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Dillon is playing the same character. Yeah. <laughs> in Platoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. It, what I what I like about um, kind of this this movie, and then it kind of gets um some play in both uh saves Christmas and uh, goes to jail, and it's kind of like okay, who is the antagonist of goes to camp? It's this like um excavation company who is looking mm-hmm. to essentially take over the camp as soon as possible, yeah, and just wreck it for their for profit. And there are scenes of, like, kicking people out of their homes. That shit was uh, crazy, dude. Yeah. Like, like very, like, scary, you know, especially for a kid's movie. Well, you know, it's it, it was kind of over the heads of children, probably over the heads of most adults then, too, is it's a Native American camp ground, right? Native American land. And this company is forcing people out of their homes, mm-hmm. much like Native Americans are forced yes. out of their homes. You, you know, that's like, that's such a trope for those movies back in the day, too. It's like, oh, well, meet all of your uh, protagonists. Here are the kids you love. And then, oh, there's a greedy corporate fat cat yeah. wanting to come ruin everything. <laughs> it's, but it's like in those movies, it's, there's no clear motivations. Like, I'm going to turn this place into a parking lot. Uh, and for <laughs> a parking lot for what is not exactly clear, but um, in this case, it is very clear. It's like we're excavating resources, mm-hmm. uh, and it's like it's a very clear what they want that for, and it's for profit. I wasn't sure. Um, they kept saying what it was, and I was like, "What is what is this?" But the, he, it was something like that was for use in space and military contracts. Yeah, he inferred that it's like. It's important to NASA, and also we can become defense contractors, basically. Yeah, so it's probably some, like, I don't know, uh, I don't know, something that for use in rockets or something. But, yeah, no, it is it is it's one of those things where I was, like, watching the movie, and it's like, well, on one hand, you have all these kids present sort of a diverse group of kids, but on the other hand, it's like, what's the movie saying exactly? Mm-hmm. Sometimes well, the adults hate the kids too much, and that's mm-hmm. something that happens in '80s movies, I think, where it's like, wouldn't all the adults be like, these kids are like orphans, you know? Like, let's be nice to them. No, I, it's it's kind of weird because it's like the whole thing is that it's a governor. The governor has mandated that they bring in these kids, probably free of charge, and so they're kind of like. They have to do it. And, you know, so they're not, they're not paying. This is still probably a private camp. They're not paying. 
and they're they're delinquent kids, and so they they want to deal with them as little as possible. And that's another thing, where it's just they're not mean; they're just like, <clears throat> it's just like uh, we have to do this. We have to appease this like government government mandated thing but really it's just like these kids don't have anyone who who values their own their interests at all who asks them questions and who talks to them like real people yeah they told us you didn't get a backstory on like what they did to be in the quote they just called it the institution yeah like so yeah they all but they're all playing like the the quintessential bad kid (laughs) yeah the delinquent but but did they were dressed like a ska band, <laughs> <laughs> they, like a, the vest and the tie yeah. without a shirt, like a button. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? It was well, a rogues was a- gallery of like kids. I remember being a little kid and being like, these kids are so cool. Yeah. Yes. You know, yes. like I was like, these are like the coolest kids. I would like love to be friends with all of them. Yes. And they and look out for said, each other. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, nothing said badass in 1985 than like a crop top shirt, apparently. Yeah. yeah. There were well, two, at least two dudes abs. in that crew yeah. rocking crop tops. <laughs> yeah. And then that one dude, when they first introduced that, that Italian kid or whatever, he has like uh, an unbuttoned Hawaiian shirt on. Just, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Like you expect to like see a switch. Like I, at it, he could have put on a switchblade at any point and it would have yeah. been totally okay. Like, oh, yeah. Well, they did, they did bring out the knife at one point and it did have, it was spring loaded. It wasn't a switchblade, but it was, it was a spring loaded knife. Uh, But but, but those are your protagonists. Those are the guys you're supposed to be rooting for. The bad kids were just like two douchebag bro dudes. Mm -hmm. One of which was on Supernatural. Oh, really? Yeah. And I uh, I feel like they uh, are on the right, they're on the right side having the, those kids be the good kids and then the the normal looking kids being the the mean kids and shit. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there is a redemption both for them and for Ernest. It's not it's like, just, Oh, these kids taught me. It's like, no, they, they came out and did the right thing. And then those douchebag rich guys were like, Hey, by the end of the movie, like we're sticking around too. We're yeah. doing the right thing. We're yeah, going to be friends with our parents. Didn't pick us up or something. Yeah. Like, something like know. that. <laughs> but so, yeah. Um, do we want to just? I mean, everybody knows who Ernest is, right? It begins well with him I mean, talking it, to the camera. Typically, I think in yeah, all these to, movies, mm-hmm. to Vern, who is who is you essentially, who is your mm-hmm. point of view. But it's like they were doing these. I think out of Arkansas, uh, these this production company. It was okay. him. It was a uh, Varney, uh, John Cherry, who directed this movie, mm-hmm. and then. Coke or Cokie Sams, yeah, C O K E Sams, who directed at least one of the movies, I think. Yeah, and so prior to Ernest Goes to Camp, which was this was a Touchstone movie, which is a subsidiary of Disney. So Touchstone eventually had their big hit with uh, uh, Pretty Woman. Oh, and that was like that was like a big thing because it was a Disney released like R rated movie, mm. and so Touchstone was a place where they could try out different things that like were Disney adjacent, but they were kind of more serious. Mm. And so, this is earlier on when they're it's also it's also like remember Hollywood Pictures, which did like Encino Man. Oh yeah, um, and that was another place where it was like kind of a subsidiary of a bigger studio where it's like we can give new producers a. Um, a lower budget movie through like Hollywood pictures. And it was kind of like that for a while for Disney. Hmm. And so this is an early on thing and they don't quite know what they're doing. So they're kind of doing this diverse thing. So they pick up this dude who is from Arkansas doing these regional commercials, but is very popular. And they had already made an independent film, John Cherry, Cook Sam's and 
uh, and Jim Varney with uh, Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam. Which is awesome. It's amazing. And it, Ernest is, is bookended on that. He's at the very beginning. He's at the okay. very end, but not really so much in the middle. But you've and got Auntie Nelda. You've got other Varney characters. You got Dr. Otto. You got yeah. his, you got so many characters that Varney is doing in this movie. See, I didn't know what that was. And like, so as, as I was watching it, I had like IMDb up and, and Wikipedia and look at all this stuff, like, you know, getting all the points. And I was, it's like, this is second movie. Like, no, it was not. This was the first Ernest movie. He goes to camp. It was the first. And I was like, yeah. oh, what's this Dr. Otto? Like, it looked, just judging by the cover art, I'm like, this seems like it couldn't, what I said was like a much darker movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, this seems like it could be good. It's good. I love it. It's weird. Um, and, and it almost seems like the Ernest stuff was like put in later on because yeah. of Disney-fied. Ernest's popularity. Yeah. Well, no, it's just, it was still independent, but in the time when they were like doing it, in the time that it came out, Ernest had kind of blown up. It was on his way to do the Ernest Goes to Camp movie. Mm-hmm. And they're like, why don't we just stick him at the beginning and end uh, with this new footage ah. and kind of release that. And so Ernest can be part of this and kind of can be a selling point um, for that. And I've got a friend of mine years ago gave me a 35 millimeter trailer for Dr. Otto. And it is Ernest looking at a film reel of the movie and saying, hey, I got a new movie coming out. It's called Dr. Otto and Riddle of the Gloom Beam. And it's That's like, awesome. so he was used to sell this movie and then goes to camp, became the first like big budget, you know, studio movie to, yeah. to feature him. It's not even like Dr. Otto is okay, I think, for kids to watch, but the humor is a little too weird and adult for kids, mm-hmm. I think. It's just... I remember being very bored with it as a kid, but I watched it like a month or two ago and I was like, I loved it. It was yeah. really funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it really like the, the, there's a hero in the movie and he's like a dumbass, and he's like he's balding, great, kind of pudgy American. And it's yeah. like, it, it, it shows him and his family like pledging allegiance on Christmas and stuff. <laughs> and it's just like, you really get to see kind of the angle that John Cherry, Coke Sam's and Jim Varney were coming from. And so seeing that and then seeing like, Okay, they're fighting against this excavation company uh, from tearing up this this big plot of of nature reserve. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of see how that informs all the movies going after. And so, even in like um, Saves Christmas, he's paired up with like an orphan girl who's mm-hmm. kind of on the skids, and you know, and that's pretty. You know, if you watch like Santa Claus the movie, that's in there too. But mm. you really get a sense of where she's from and what is what trouble she has. And a full redemption arc of her kind of like coming back into that. And then it goes to jail. You have the, um, the whole prison system, like they're, they're wearing like pink and stuff and it's just like making fun of them the whole time. And it's like, it's so like the politics of these movies is really interesting Mm. and it's kind of like slipped in there little by little. I don't know why I never thought of that till just now. Like I've I've (laughs) loved all those movies. I'm like, they all have a some sort of political leaning to them mm-hmm. of environmentalism, of the prison industrial complex, of homelessness, mm-hmm. uh, of trolls coming into <laughs> neighborhoods, yeah, eating children, turning church children to wood. I believe is that one. Yeah. I think it that one is more of like the the bad things that that um, America was founded on that is just state mm-hmm, buried mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. coming back to them. Uh, so you can talk about. Uh, relate that to say, I don't know, like Black Lives Matter or, or mm-hmm. kind of the reinvestigation of the Tulsa uh, race riot. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's massacre. you can massacre. Yeah. You can like. Jim Varney was woke. Yep. Right. <laughs> so uh, you can you can really kind of 
uh, tie that in sometimes directly, sometimes indirectly. And so, I don't know. I think watching these as an adult is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it gets a little, they maybe just age and get a little less biting and a little more concerned. Like by the end, it's army. And that mm-hmm. doesn't really have any kind of useful message in it, in my opinion. No. But it does have a moment. It's before 9 11. He helps these like Muslim people, and like the guy he helps goes, Oh, praise Allah. Ernest is here. Or so, like he says something like that. He says, Praise Allah. Wait, is, mm-hmm. in, in, in which one? In, in army. Oh, in army. Okay. So, like, what he's helping out, oh, it's, it's pre-9-11, too. Right? Yeah, it's like he's okay. going in and helping people that are um, being, like, held captive by some kind of, like, mili- like warlord or something. Mm-hmm. It's like a terrible movie. It's kind of like Rambo, though, right? So it's... Oh, yeah, like, it is. Like, like Rambo 3? It's a lot like Rambo 3, honestly. <laughs> It is almost, yeah, dedicated to the brave Mujahideen fighters <laughs> of Afghanistan. Like, it might as well say that at the end. But, yeah. And it kind of betrays him being a vet in this one because it's like, wait a minute. Because it seems like he does, he really wants to be in the army, but he can't because he's yeah. like, I don't know. They would let a guy that dumb into the army for sure. Well, I mean, at yeah. age, that would probably be the only thing that I would yeah. be. Yeah. A little too old. The other, the other thing I like about it goes to camp and a lot of these other movies is that like, you know, Ernest has an occupation mm-hmm. and it's like the weird, it's like he's, he's a maintenance guy. Yeah. He's a maintenance guy at this summer camp, but he really wants to be a, a camp counselor. And I don't think that is the career path that you take to become a camp counselor. And... <laughs> I really think he is probably making more money as a maintenance guy at that place than he would as a camp counselor. He's definitely a union worker. He's got yes. the, you know, yeah. he's he's got the benefits. Yeah, yeah he's he higher health up. insurance. Yeah. yeah, he replaces like a Come teenager. On, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that those movies were woke. This one was, except they cast <laughs> an Italian American, mm-hmm. Iron Eyes Cody, Iron Eyes, yep. who his entire career. Was basically brown face, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. crazy. He's like Rachel Dolezal before yep. yeah. that. Yeah. He, so, oh, we were watching ahead. and there's this, there's a scene where he does like a speech and I'm like, is he even speaking an actual language or is he <laughs> random shit? Nope. Uh, he's, he's a bad uh, actor too, honestly. Yeah. I, I mean, that, kind of bad in this movie. And he I mean, was, he, he was the quintessential teardrop. Mm-hmm. Don't lay that trash. Cut that okay. Yeah, he was yeah, the yeah. same guy. Yeah, same. And it's like he's one of those guys where it's like he, yeah, he wasn't that great of an actor, and so he kind of got hired to do this one thing and became known for it, mm-hmm. and just kind of ran with it, and was like, need an Indian guy, gotcha. And, you I'm know, guy. yeah. So you go through his IMDb. It's just like every single Western ever. He, mm-hmm. he was in at some point. Yeah, man. It is different uh, times. Yeah. So you got him and then like a Latinx woman. I don't think that that woman is like indigenous either. Her, no. I, I, I did a little research. Her mother is half. I, I totally blanked on what tribe it was. So she has a little, mm-hmm. yeah, a little more than Italian iron eyes, whatever his name yeah. was. God. Yeah. God. It is. Yeah. And it's like, it is strange. That it's like, 
just he's like he he's an old chief with no tribe at all and he owns yeah. like all this land it's like wait there's not like other That's people in the tribe or something no yeah, yeah, they, they said they're that they're the last ones of the tribe oh i missed that line okay yeah so about the tribe the opening scene it's a little kind of racist right it's a stereotypical mm. native american uh Based on nothing, yes. question Based mark? on nothing. Yeah. But I remember as a kid seeing that scene, and it scared the shit out me of too, me. Me too, dude. Yeah. I remember it, it being it, so scary. It's, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 and it, I always equate it with uh, Indiana Jones and Temple of Doom, the heart mm. pulling out. Mm-hmm. It's, it's got that same kind of... Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, the, the beginning where they cut the hand off. That's yeah. the one that I would always think yeah. about, too. Yeah. No, you're right. You're totally right. So, because it was, it was like the the lighting was super dark. Yes, like, they're gonna murder this dude. Yeah, like, any- you have to build up to the absurd yeah. ending that rules. But yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't. Oh God, sad. yes. And <laughs> but okay, it, that's another thing where it's just like at the very end of this movie, he's shooting at Ernest. He's like got him in the crosshairs yeah. and is shooting at him. It's as dude. if the lead, the guy who owns Dupont came down and started firing a gun at a guy or so like he's like the, the, the owner of the company yeah okay and nothing comes of it that, that's attempt that's blatant attempted murder right mm-hmm. you should go to prison for that yes. he's going to prison <laughs> he just runs away he's, he's like, like oh. i'm gonna put my rifle down and go away <laughs> yeah and then conveniently they come up and have the the we got a restraining the- order from this man who just tried to murder you <laughs> How i mean you also have him like you got uh, what, what's his name, Lyle Alzaldo? Yeah, the, the football mm-hmm. player. He, I guess he played for the Raiders <laughs> yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, and who I remember mostly from an episode of the Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh, uh, yeah. He's in and, this terrible movie called Destroyer with Anthony yes, Perkins that I have. I know that one. On Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got a Blu-ray of that one? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, and so he's like the muscle of this uh, excavation company, and he's the one who's like. Throwing people out of their homes. Literally. Uh, yeah, like literally throwing people out of their homes and just is like scary that and scene shit. He's was like, why is this scene in this movie? Of, like, of them throwing people out? Yeah, it's like there's like a house. It's like because there's this other guy that's like brokering deals for mm. John Vernon, who's the main bad guy. And he's, if everyone knows, John Vernon's the dean in Animal House and he's the yeah. mayor in Dirty Harry. Um, but... So he's like, uh, he's like, legally, they're not allowed to be here or something like legally. It's okay for yeah. you to kick them out. And so then, yeah, John Alzado or Lyle Alzado goes in and this guy has like a shotgun. And he's like, you're not going to take my home. And he just like beats him up and he's like, yep. get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. When I first saw him on screen, I was like, is that the body by Jake guy? Because it kind of looks a little <laughs> oh, like yeah. body by Jake guy. It does like, kind of. Nope. And then I looked at it, I was like, oh, it's a football player. What was with that in the 80s? Like football players going into movies? I mean, it's still a thing. I mean, you got well, yeah. LeBron is going to be in Space Jam 2, and you had Michael Jordan in the first one. But it was more like football players going in, like, I mean, O.J. Simpson. But there was, like, coaches. There's been, like, mm-hmm. uh, football mm-hmm. coaches going into, what's that? Oh, damn it, what was his name? There was a football coach from back in the day that started acting and was actually pretty damn good at it. My mind just went Terry back. Bradshaw? Boy. Terry Bradshaw he, did it. Bradshaw has been in a lot He's of stuff. He's a player, yeah. though. I don't know like football, dude. Yeah. What, what did John Bob U- was doing stuff. What did Bob Euchre play? Baseball? Uh, I know he's a baseball announcer. I think okay. he did play baseball for a bit. Mm. But dude, he was him on, in Major League is 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then Belvedere, of course. Oh, of He's course. The dad. <laughs> oh God, I forgot he played baseball or did something with baseball. Um, and then I remember like Deion Sanders, like like on SNL, and mm. Charles Barkley came on there once too, and they did the whole like you put your weed in here sketch. They, and, Barkley was on too many times. He hosted too many times. Oh, did he? I just remember the one time he was on. It, uh, not, the first time. Not good. <laughs> not good. SNL um, is generally pretty bad, I think. Yeah, mm. it's just like, I had a friend who was like, you don't watch it? And I'm like, no. And he's like, not even the monologue? And I'm like, no. I'm like, <laughs> why would I, like, the monologue is sometimes the worst part, you know, yeah. especially if, like, you don't quite know who that person is or if it's, like, an Elon Musk type and it's <laughs> up to the cast to kind of do the work, do the heavy lifting of making that interesting. And so. Yeah. SNL nowadays just like makes me feel old. Cause I'm like, mm-hmm. who is this person hosting? Who the hell is this musical guest? <laughs> is this really the music that kids are listening to today? Is this really? Okay. It sounds exactly like the last musical guest they had. All right. yeah. No variety. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. I don't, uh, it's, it's weird. Cause like I ended up, I end up liking a lot of the people that come out of SNL still. Mm-hmm. Like they do work outside of that, and it's like, oh, that was pretty good. Yeah, um, like uh, like Kyle Mooney and um, uh, what's his name? That other guy. They used to have a a YouTube channel together called uh, Good Neighbor. Mm-hmm. Their sketches were hilarious on Good mm-hmm. Neighbor, and then you go to SNL, and it's like man, Beck Bennett. That yeah, mm-hmm. they they're good, but and I I'm, think. Uh, Kate McKinnon's great. She's hilarious. Yeah. But other than that, like, what do you got? Yeah, but not know. on S- I, like, outside of SNL, Kate McKinnon. Yeah, outside of SNL, they're all good. But yeah. like, I'm an old Lonely Island fan, mm-hmm. you know, pre-SNL. And I was like excited when they got hired on there. But it was just like, I still didn't watch SNL when they were on. Um, you know, they, they had the few like shorts they were doing, which was more of an extension of what they were doing outside of SNL. Mm-hmm. Um but it was really, that was like their, that was them 100% versus SNL being like, do this for us. Mm. Um, and so again, after SNL, like once they kind of moved on, I'm still a fan of a lot of their stuff uh, outside of that too. But um, but with with Ernest though, this is like... Man, Barney would have killed it on Oh my God, SNL. dude. Barney did he ever host been... SNL? No. Like in Pee-wee the... did uh, in the 80s. Um Man. Yeah, Varney would have killed it. He's hilarious. They should yeah. have had him on, like, with, I don't know, like, what era, what what year did this come out? 87? 85. I think, oh, I think Varney would have, would have hit really well in, like, 87 or 88. Well, this, okay, this came oh, out in 87. That cast, though. That would have been, like, the era okay. of, like, uh, 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 Robert Downey Jr. and mm-hmm. that, that bad year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anthony Michael maybe Hall. If you could get him in with, like, Phil Hartman and them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Because Varney's work and like his work, his uh, his work as Jed Clampett in the Beverly Hillbillies remake oh, so good. is great. Yeah, he's, he's also so good. a really good actor. There was mm-hmm. a documentary about him a couple of years ago that I watched, and it was going to like he's like a stage actor, like he's mm. really good, and just mm-hmm. yeah did this Ernest character, and people kind of fell in love with it, and he just kept doing it because people love it so much. Yeah, yeah. I wish there would have been an Anti Nelda movie. Honestly, well, okay, Anti Nelda is super funny. Did you watch that TV show he had, the Saturday morning TV show? I haven't gone. I, I did at the time, but I haven't gone back okay. as an adult I, and watched it. That's I've what I'm saying. She's like, that was her intro- introduction was the TV show. I was like, I forgot about that. Totally forgot. Yeah. Well, no, she was in uh, Dr. Otto, I think. Um, so she yeah, she, she was in there, and then she's in a few of the movies, too. And But, like, 
I have the complete run of that on DVD, so maybe oh. I'll see if I can get that to you. Very nice. Um, it's it's very good. It's weird, and it's like Was sketches with called, a, you know what I mean, Vern or something like. No, that? it's yeah. uh, Hey Vern, Hey Vern, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it. Uh, and Antti is the one with like the neck brace, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, he was never a smart boy. Yeah, like <laughs> he was always a troubled child. Like, yeah. And, yeah. Okay, isn't there? Doesn't he have a picture of Antti Nelda in his cabin? So the cabin that he has, there's there's so many things trinkets with, within mm-hmm. that cabin. There's an OU pendant. Uh, yep, in I saw there. that. Hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's a picture of Antti Nelda, which is him, and then there's like pieces from other. Uh, like sketches that he did on that show or in mm. commercials, like mm-hmm. the alligator puppet that he used in different commercials. Oh yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of hidden things in there. Um, I thought that OU pendant was cool. Like, oh, cool, Sooners. Yeah, that oh, was nice have, to see. We haven't talked about Gaylord Sertain though yet. Just like his no. role in this, I think he he is so funny. Like, it, of course, it gets better once Bobby is introduced in the next movie. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Is it and this is the only movie that doesn't go by Bobby Chuck, right? Like his, uh, he's usually his name is usually Chuck in the rest of the movies, right? Yeah, oh, I think so. I don't know. Chuck and Bobby. Yeah, and in this movie, he's—I forget what his name is, like Mike or something. Yeah, <laughs> he's it's the same character though, but with like the right. other guy. Yeah, Exeronius. Uh, Eggs Exeronius. <laughs> and like, man, I was thinking about there's that scene where Lyle Elzado breaks their like food machine, but it cuts away and doesn't show you a wide of it breaking. So I wonder. If they only broke the top and then they just put parts of it down, uh, that would and, be nice. And if it still exists somewhere, it's like I doubt it. I, I was thinking I, just like I wish there was an Ernest Museum, dude, with like yeah. all the trolls, the cannon from Rides Again, mm-hmm. all that shit. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. Well, the funny thing is, like, if you watch um, uh, Scared Stupid, the the a lot of the creature effects in that movie were done by the Kyoto Brothers, who. Uh, you might know from a little movie called uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yes. And the uh, creature models were reused from uh, Killer Clowns. So a lot of the little, not the main troll with like the two noses, but when he, at the very end, when all the other trolls come up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're all the clowns from. That's why they look familiar. Nice. Yeah, from Killer Clowns. And you'll notice like different body shapes and stuff if you watch those back to back. And that's what you'd call a wet puppet movie, right? That is a wet puppet movie. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh, love them wet puppets. So. Moist. Um, <laughs> Moist Muppet. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 I have to talk about a part of this movie that is um, weirdly out of place, but I don't mind it. Mm hmm. And that is Ernest's little musical number, his little song that he it's sings. My favorite scene, dude. Like yeah, me yeah. too. I think uh, about it when I'm sad and stuff. <laughs> that song will pop into my yeah. head. Yeah, it is something that that has not gotten out of my head in you know the 35 years or whatever since this movie has come out. Um, yeah, that he takes the time, and I don't think he's done this in any other movie. It's just mm-hmm. singing a song mm-hmm. about how sad he is. Um. And it's really heartbreaking. That, becomes a, a really that's hard. A Jim Barney original, right? Like I don't know. You write that? No, I have no I, idea. I, I, I was wondering. Jim original. Yeah, it seems like it's meant. It's made for the movie. Like it's yeah. talking about what's happening in the story. Yeah. The song. So yeah. Well, I, I I read a little IMDb trivia about that. He did that all in one take, and apparently, like everyone on set was like bawling their eyes out when he was doing it. Like such a touching song. Dang. Damn Barney. Get him. <laughs> 
Yeah, he's I mean, great, and I like his voice. Is like it's not perfect, but it, it's perfect for what it is. You know, yeah. it'd be weird if he sang like beautifully. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's it's a weird piece of that movie, which kind of makes this in, in a movie that like. I don't know. Like there's, there's the scene that I had kind of, I was waiting for, which was when in the cafeteria, in the mess hall, mm. when they, they slap that tray onto his face mm-hmm. and that whole yeah. sequence that ends <laughs> with that Coke machine falling on him, <laughs> he which is certainly be dead. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like getting crushed by, there's like warning stickers on, on Coke machines now. It's like, don't tip this over because it will kill you. Yeah. Um, because of Ernest goes to camp. Yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. If there's, there's so many things that happen in this movie that if it actually happened to someone, just the tray, if a tray hit you, a plastic tray hit you so hard in the face that it left an imprint, you're concussed and possibly dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And uh, then- there's arson in this movie. There's attempted murder. There's like so many crimes in this movie that just go, uh, you know, just just to the wayside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they finally defeat Lyle Alzado, they like put like a that go kart full of like gas cans or whatever. Yeah, like explosives, and it's like they pretty much would have killed that guy. I mean, they yeah, show, it's like they then show yeah. him get out, but it's like a double shot. There's nobody in there when it goes off. Yeah, because it would kill whoever was in the like the seat for sure. Yeah, yeah, and he comes out with like the Looney Tunes like black smoke all over his face. Yeah, like, that's uh, I'm fine. Like, yeah, yeah like, like, <laughs> definitely would be dead. No, no that's like a roadside uh, like uh, IED. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that golf cart was cool too. It was one of those. I totally forgot that these existed. Those ones that the steering wheel was like a, the handle, like a bar. Yeah, like a yeah. little handle bar thing. Like those are yeah. cool. Yeah, I like the whole the running gag of it running away, getting away from him, and then mm-hmm. you see it all through the movie and stuff. At the very beginning of the movie too, it's like mm-hmm. it starts off and then nice comical through line there. Yeah. So uh, I had a question. So the the uh, the main counselor, I guess the camp. Uh, uh, what do you call them? The director. The d- camp director. They wanted to get uh, John Goodman for that role, right? Like it's clearly yeah. like a John Goodman replacement. He like, reminded me of the dad, who I believe the actor's name is James Hampton from Teen Wolf, but mm, okay. he yeah, almost talks like him. But it's like it's just some dude. Like because I was like, this guy's in tons of movies, you know, and I was like, no, he's not really in. He's in like I, I was scared sl- stupid maybe, but yeah. Anytime I saw him on screen, I'm like, I'm clearly seeing they were like, all right, we want that coach from Revenge of the Nerds. We want him <laughs> to play this camp yep. uh, leader. Mm-hmm. Like, just had had Goodman vibes all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, I, I mean, again, I he was he in Revenge killed of it the too. Nerds. Yeah, he's in that. I forgot he was like at all. I haven't seen that since forever, but. you uh, It does not hold up. Oh, I know. I know that. Yeah. There's, There's problematic scenes. Yes. Yeah. Several. Yeah. Several. Um, <laughs> yeah. At, when I was working at um, a job that I worked with with for for several years, we had a a big event where it was like a reunion of the of some of the Revenge of the Nerds people, and it was like we showed it and everything, and then it was like right before like everyone was like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is not uh, maybe a movie that should be celebrated. <laughs> Who was there, like the, Booger? Yeah. Booger was there. And then um, former guest of this show, uh, Jacob Rubin, was on a reality show with him um, a few years ago called King of the Nerds on TBS. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, he had that show with, with, it was Booger hosting and then, 
and then uh, uh, Curtis Armstrong hosting, and then the Carradine who was in that movie um, was kind of there as well. Oh yeah, um, Robert Carradine, yeah. I think. Yeah. <sighs> it's a movie that I loved as a kid, man, but it's just like it is playing on perverted fantasies of little boys. And it's yeah. not like as an adult, you're like, oh, the nerds are bad men, you know? They're, yeah, like they're really the, bad guys. Incel, yeah, it's like really fills into that whole incel thing. They are kind of, yeah. But that, putting I mean, that, that's up and stuff. That's what most of those comedies were in the 80s, like Porky's and mm-hmm. it was just horny teen movies. Yeah. You know? There's yep. no sexuality at all in this movie or in any of oh, Ernest, movies. Ernest, really. well, here, well, I don't know, man. Jim Varney and uh, uh, Goes to Jail is pretty damn sexy. Yeah. Is it? Well, well is it him Jim or Varney? is it, is it the, 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 uh, the double of him? Yeah, the I, double, like the slick back. I forgot the character's name. Yeah. But, man, he's like, and he's even kind of like a, a little uh, aggressive with the female. Mm-hmm. He yeah, is, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. But he's the yeah. bad guy. You don't root for him. Yeah, yeah, he he escapes from death. It's crazy that in that movie he's on death row. <laughs> like mm-hmm. Ernest gets switched and is on death row for like <laughs> most of that movie. <laughs> and then you've got that guy that's in all the all those movies. Like Tex Randall Tex Cobb is like his buddy in jail. Mm-hmm. Jail's my favorite one personally. What what would you say is your favorite one? Your favorite Ernest in general? Josh, you oh. pick. Oh uh, man. Well, camp camp's the one that's closest to my heart just because it's the first one I ever saw. Yeah, uh, it introduced me to the turtles. Like I never heard Happy Together before. Again, I was only five. Me too. So why would I have yeah, Happy Together? Me too. Yeah. Here's yeah. the thing: they never play the actual song in the movie. Mm-hmm. It's just them singing it, and then there's like a weird, there's a weird version of it playing it when they're <laughs> when they release the snapping turtles <laughs> yeah. on mm-hmm. them. Uh-huh. Which, where did the rest of those snapping turtles come from? I only saw the one. Yeah, apparently okay. there's more. <laughs> but I would say. I don't know, man. Yeah. Jail, just because it goes a different direction. It's a little darker. <laughs> you get more of those characters. There's that, you know, where that montage where he goes through all of them. Mm-hmm. Like, how's he going to get out? Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's uh, my favorite, dude. I'm going to go, yeah, jail camp and then maybe scared stupid because it's bad, but it's it's so bad that it's good mm-hmm. kind of a thing. Those would be my uh, top three. Yeah. I would I would say camp is is probably top because it's like it is the it is the foundational earnest. Mm-hmm. It is like this is if if you don't know anything about him, this yeah. this will tell you everything you need to know, and then you can kind of continue on. And then like, saves Christmas is all right, but it it uh, saves Christmas and like scared stupid are like, you know, two sides of the same coin. It's again, I'm going to make the analogy of the uh, of the rubber soul revolver thing. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they're kind of you know sequels to each other because they're holiday movies. But I think scared stupid is the better of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does go much harder into a kid's movie where this is like, it's too uh, much of a kid's movie in my, yeah. that's, that's what holds but me st- back from scared stupid. But. I still like it. Um, but I also, I haven't seen goes to jail recently enough to kind of, I would probably put that higher up. Well, I uh, host Ernest club at rodeo. So I've watched all of these recently. Yeah. The only one I still have never seen is Africa, which is like, we're doing camp. This coming month, and then Africa's next, and I'm I'm not looking for it. That, that is that one. the last one? The I think second. so. Army's That's, the last one. Army's okay. the last one. But there was supposed to be a movie called Ernest the Pirate, but he was dying of cancer, basically. Yeah. And then John Sherry finished the movie with Tim Curry. It's just like a pirate movie that John Sherry made. 
Huh. It's reworked from the Ernest the Pirate script. Oh, we should watch it. So you can watch yeah. it and then imagine that Tim Curry is Ernest. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. And then he also made um, an Abbott Costello movie with Gail no. Ortain. Laurel and oh, Hardy. Laurel or Hardy, forgive me. Or Hardy. Yeah. Movie. Yeah. Um, wow. That was, I remember when that came out. Um, isn't Bronson Pinchot in that too? Yeah. It's Gail Ortain and him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that one. Yeah. That is, that is one I've never seen. I've, I've read a little bit about it, but it's like, oh, I don't know if I can. It's like, <laughs> I watched the Three Stooges movie uh, recently, like within the last year. And it was just like, it's same, same deal. I'm like, why, Are you talking about need... the Fairly Brothers one? Yes. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, it doesn't need, it. like they do some things right in that mo- in the Three Stooges movie, but it's like, it Is Will doesn't... Sasso in that Three Stooges yes. movie? Okay. It doesn't right. need. It didn't need to exist. There's no. I mean, the real Three reason. Stooges movie is Brain Donors, right? Yeah. Remember that? Well, one? No, that's, that's more of a Marx Brothers <laughs> thing, though. Oh yeah, um, no, you're right. It is, yeah. But it's like, it, but that it was like it was a new set of people. They weren't playing the Marx Brothers, so if no, like they yeah. made, I don't know, but that movie isn't good enough to kind of. Oh, I'm I'm kidding, dude. I as a kid, I thought it was like the funniest movie of all time. Like. I have not seen it since like I was like eight or nine. Well, like the 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 Three Stooges one, it's like they involve the cast of Jersey Shore, mm. and so like really? Mo goes to yeah Mo goes and becomes a cast member on Jersey Shore, and just like oh. slaps around into like um, all those people on that show, and it's just it's weird. Whoa! I it's, almost want to definitely see this movie then. But that sounds like a train wreck, dude. <laughs> but then you also have, you know, the Beverly Hillbillies, which nobody really needed that movie, but it was so well cast. Oh, I love that, that, dude. And, and well, Penelope Spiras directed it, and it's just like, oh, it's yeah, great. Oh, yeah, she did. Yeah. Wayne's World? Uh, yeah. From, Beverly yeah, Hillbillies. Wayne's World. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when the, when the Beverly Hillbillies movie came out, I liked it, even though I I guess you we watched like Beverly Hillbillies re- uh, my brain just up. Watch them on like Nick at Night or whatever, whatever they mm-hmm. played them on. And the same thing with, uh, I think maybe that same year, the year after that, they put out that Brady Bunch movie. Yeah. yeah. Which was also, I still think, my dad was watching it a, a couple of weeks ago at his house and I was like, all right, I'll like, oh, it still holds up. It's funny because it's kind of poking fun at itself. Yeah. But not too much. And it's like yeah. not. Like, Enough to where it's still funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got Gary Cole. Mm-hmm. As the dad, I loved that movie too, and I liked the sequel yeah. at the time. I haven't seen them now, but mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, it's it's another thing where it's like the cast is really great. Yeah. Um, on that, oh, and that yeah. really takes it a long way. And I think Melanie Beverly Hillbillies, whoever plays Marcia in that, is so fire. Like yeah, Matt, ben, Stiller's, ben Stiller's ex-wife Melanie yeah. something from Hey Dude. Yeah, she's yeah. so good in that movie. Yeah, and then yeah, man, Beverly Hillbillies, you've got. Uh, him, but then you also have Diedrich Bader as mm-hmm. his nephew, and then Erica Alaniac is the daughter, and I can't remember mm-hmm. the grandma. The grandma, Cloris Leachman, uh, grandma. yeah, Cloris Leachman. Leachman? Then, okay, yeah, yeah. But then you got um, what's her name? Uh, uh, Lily Tomlin is in it, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, other dude Dabney Coleman is Dabney in it Coleman, as well. Yes, and Drive it's there. like. It's like a stacked cat. Oh, and then and then Leah Thompson and Rob Schneider are in it too. Oh shit! Um, yeah, yeah. And, and Rob Schneider he from Entourage is also in it. Is he really? He's the boy. Oh my that god! Is yes. Attracted to the girl. Yeah. Oh my god! Yes, I forgot he was in that movie. Um, and yeah, wow. God, I gotta go back and watch that. And yeah, I, I feel like Rob Schneider is playing 
the same character he was playing in Home Alone 2, <laughs> the bellhop. <laughs> he feels like the same, which is like a very Rob Schneider type of character, mm-hmm. uh, to be honest. But like, Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, we are about, uh, we're a good deal into this. Do you want to take a break and then we can come back for the big roundup? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do it. I would rather have a day job than be a Pokemon master. Han Solo is clearly more attractive than Indiana Jones. I would take the Star Wars trilogy over the Matrix trilogy any time. The Legend of Zelda versus Super Mario. Who's better in bed, Jafar or Gaston? And would Thanos masturbate with the Infinity Gauntlet or not? Every week, Nerd Rage The Great Debates brings you the funniest comics, writers, and podcasters to settle some of geekdom's most divisive topics. Find us on Spotify or wherever you find podcasts. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at Subdoc Podcast. Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. Have you ever enjoyed a palaver? Is it good to be the dog's dinner? Who is this Bob, and why is he your uncle? For the answers to all these questions, you'll have to listen to our podcast, Boo to a Goose, breaking down British and American expressions and idioms. We use them, define them, and explain their history, all in a short, digestible format. So go ahead and check out Boo to a Goose wherever you get your podcasts. Cheerio! That means goodbye. Welcome back to Cathed Ray Mission. We are now in the big roundup where we will rate the movie on a zero to five star rating scale. Josh, give it to you first. Ernest goes to camp. Where are you going to rate this bad boy? Man, I kind of want to go five stars. There's a part of me wanting to go to straight up five. <laughs> um, yeah, screw it. I'll do five stars. I'm going to go five just because it's... It, it starts up making you think it's going to be something that it's definitely not going to be. It starts out dark. It, it takes you on a journey and you get to learn about you. You get to know the character of Ernest, you know, mm-hmm. and because it's, you get that eighties montage in it too, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Five stars for the montage. Hell yeah. Um, cool. Wonderful. Will, what do you got? Uh, you know, I got a lot of similar stuff. I really, you know, a lot of this movie is nostalgia, obviously. Um, just growing up with all the Ernest movies, but you know, watch. I haven't seen this movie in a long time. I had never seen it in HD. This is the first time I watched it in HD. Um, it looked really good. Um, and then based on some other movies I've seen from the era, it like it held up pretty well. I, I, I held interest. I watched the whole thing. I was laughing at it um, because it was genuinely funny. And you know, Jim Varney is 
such a presence on the screen. He really commands everything, even though he's playing this stupid guy. He's like, you know, really funny and he's a really good physical comedian. Um, I'm not going to go as high as five stars. I think I'm going to give it four stars, which is pretty high. Uh, pretty good review. Solid. Uh, pretty good rating. Um, solid movie. Still holds up. Still would watch it. And thankfully, not as problematic as it could be. Yeah. You know, it does It does yeah. have those issues but with it. But, it, it, you know, looking at some movies from the same era, it's like, whew, that did not, yikes, that did not age. Even stuff like Bill and Ted, like, it has some problematic oh, yeah. stuff that I'm like, um, not happy about. So this one, I, I think I can... Uh, safely give it a, five, a four star rating. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Atart is in the right place, despite having some issues with just like you know, it could have been they could have done it better. But like, it is for what it is. It's like, I mean, you know, they do a fairly good job. It is also yeah, it's quintessentially eighties, just the way that the kids look and everything. Mm-hmm. I I love I love a good summer camp movie, guys. Like yeah. Part of me yeah. almost watching this, I was like, this not for this movie, but it would have been kind of fun maybe if they would have done another Ernest in a camp movie and done kind of like a like a slasher parody or something like that. You mm. know, I mean, yeah. you'd have to you'd have to do a really it'd be a fine line to walk. But I think that could be a lot of fun, you know, like yeah, it almost have to go like a like a Scooby Doo element of it to where it's like yeah, yeah, not really well, yeah, Randy, if you remember from. Uh, last year I made the comment that uh, Wolf of Snow Hollow was in fact, and Jim Cummings is in fact uh, a modern day Ernest type of character. <laughs> I do remember that you is, saying that. And that is, and he his character from those two movies is essentially an Ernest type and Wolf of Snow Hollow is an Ernest slasher movie in my opinion. Yeah. A modern day Ernest slasher movie. And uh, Club Dread, kind of, I think, I don't know if you've ever seen that or anybody, like the Broken Lizard movie. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. That sort of... I think it's a highly underrated film. But me too. It? it achieves the tone that I'm kind of thinking of what I would have mm-hmm. liked to mm-hmm. have seen Ernest in. But I just love a good summer camp movie. I think this is like one of the best. I, I definitely would watch this over any Meatballs movie, for instance. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, and so I'm going to give it... I'm going to give it... I don't think it's okay. Here's one thing I thought about watching it. I think the slapstick shit hits so much harder when you get further. Like, this is just the first movie, you know? And like, mm-hmm. so in Christmas and then jail is like when he loses control of the floor cleaner and it takes him up on the ceiling. I mean, that's like me crying, laughing. Like, <laughs> or when stuff. he gets electrocuted to the point of possible death. Yeah. yeah. And he becomes that's- a magnet for some reason. <laughs> yeah. And like, like, there's nothing like that. In Develop insane. superpowers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or him trying to, he carves an AK-47 out of a bar of soap or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like just all that crazy stuff. This didn't have, this wasn't on that level of funny for me. So... Like I would maybe rank jail five out of five, but this I'm gonna give four. I'm gonna echo Will. I think give four out of five. Um, so now what we do is we give recommendations. Josh, you have any movies you'd like to recommend based on this? If you like this movie, if some. Uh, well, going back to like summer camp movies, the whole time I was watching this, anytime it showed the actual campgrounds, which the shots were very, they, they weren't wide, so you they. It really wasn't even a campground. They did it at like a state park mm. and they built those cabins. But it reminded me of Wet Hot American Summer. So I'm going to say if you haven't seen Wet Hot American Summer, who the hell are you? But yeah. watch Wet Hot American Summer. 
because it's a great camp movie. I also just noticed on his IMDb that he was in Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain. That's the one Three Ninja movies I haven't seen. That's so Barney, Barney was in that one? Barney. Yeah. Okay. He plays a character called has... Lothar Zog. <laughs> that has Hulk Hogan in it too, right? Yeah. Yep. It's got to be a great one. Yeah. So yep. No way could it today. be bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. That's your recommendations. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Will? Um, I'm I'm just gonna say check out more stuff that that Jim Varney did. Uh, he he kind of got around in the '90s, right before he died. He died when I was in high school, and so I remember the like coming home from school that day, and it was funny because uh, a news crew had come to shoot me uh, making shit up about hacking, uh, and it was played <laughs> on on like statewide news. Like the teacher just said, "Can you get in front of a camera and talk about hacking?" Uh-huh. I'm like, I don't know what I'm talking about, but I'll say whatever I need to say. Um, <laughs> and so I was watching it for myself, mm. and then it got the like after my story, it was like the announcement that Jim Varney had died, and I'm like. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, 50 years old, man. I know, yeah. man. And he was yeah, starting. Look at, we're not that he was far starting away to, from that, man. I know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he was starting to do like TV, like guest starring roles as different characters. He was on an episode of Roseanne. Um, and then he was getting into some movies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, like he could have had in his later years, kind of a resurgence and become this like very well-respected actor. I, I like firmly believe had he lived. So, Oh yeah. I think, I think Ern- Ernest is definitely going to be the character that he's best known for. I think for a lot of people who grew up in the like late nineties, possibly slinky as well. Mm, yeah. Oh, voice I love, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Yeah. We're dead on about that. He's also in um, the Billy Bob Thornton second directed movie, daddy and them. He has yeah. a yeah. good dramatic role in that. Yeah, His Uncle Hazel or something like I can't remember, but mm-hmm. uh, anyway, in terms of my recommendations, I would just say Sweepaway Camp. I feel like is maybe the ultimate summer camp movie, mm-hmm. and then yeah, Wet Hot of course is like maybe the second. But I mean, in terms of like until you just like if it's not a horror movie, it's Wet Hot in my opinion for mm-hmm. sure. Right. Even above this one, you know, like Wet Hot American Summer is like a five star movie for sure. Yeah, right, and I think it's funny. Another one too that I love. That's a good summer camp filmed on a real summer camp that you could go to, mm-hmm. and I want to very and I, badly. And what hot American summer? I want to say, as much time has passed between that movie coming out and now as passed when it was set and when it was when it came out. So it was like eighty one. Yeah. It was when it was set. Mm-hmm. It came out in like two thousand one or something. Yeah, yeah. And then now it's twenty twenty one, and it's just uh, like wow. We're, we're now we've now crossed that now going <laughs> forward it's like now it's been longer since the movie came out than yeah. between the time the movie takes place and took place and when it was released it's I, those it's those thought uh, experiments of time where it it makes you feel not old but just like man time is a, a vortex like yeah. where does it go <laughs> yeah jeez absolutely so well very cool um yep. Thank you all for for watching this, and um, it was great to watch it again and talk about it with people. Oh yeah, I, I'm mm. I'm always trying to talk about Ernest with people, and it's just kind of like sometimes it's, it's a difficult conversation because it's I'm in California and it's not necessarily as 
well-respected out here. Um, yeah. He is. If you talk to the right people, he is. And then if you got a bunch of cork sniffers out there in <laughs> California about <laughs> Ernest, yeah. all high and mighty on yeah. there. Uh, so it's just, if you get the right people to watch it, they're like, oh yeah, I get it. And um, so, yeah, it's, it was great watching this again. I'm, I'm going to have to go watch Goes to Jail again. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, it definitely I mean, made me want to like just go down the, the, the whole Rolodex of Ernest films mm-hmm. and watch them all. Yeah. And then probably Beverly Hillbillies again, too. I'll, I'll probably. Yeah, I definitely want to see that. And man, I also saw he has a role in a like an obscure Jeff Speakman action movie. Like, yeah, like the expert. Which yeah, like, I saw that, too. I have no idea how to find that. <laughs> Jeff Speakman uh-huh. is like a tempai guy. His big movie is The Perfect Weapon. Mm-hmm. Man, I've got to see. I've got to see the expert. That yeah. sounds crazy. Anyway, maybe Jim Barney plays like some sort of badass or something. You know? Yeah. Well, I think it's a prison movie. Yeah, where like okay. Speakman goes to prison to like you know find somebody, and he Barney plays someone named like Rat or Snake or something like that. I looked it up the other day, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe we'll just have to have you back on when we cover. Yeah, man, expert. we'll check that one out. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we'll watch Doctor Otto too. We'll, we'll do like a special. Oh, uh, Barney. That would be cool. Well, I yeah. If we ever do Ernest again, we'll just you can be our our Ernest guy, Josh. Yeah. Oh man, that would be amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Very cool. Uh, what uh, do you have yeah. to plug for us, Josh? Uh, I just uh, do a podcast with my wife. It's called Mixtapes and Heartbreaks. We talk about uh, songs from our uh, past and present, uh, songs that have uh, impacted us in some way. Um, we can find us uh, anywhere you get your podcast. Just Mixtapes and Heartbreaks. It's ampersand heartbreaks yeah check us out it's a terrific podcast and i love your lo- who did your logo robbie harris robbie harris jr master of logo excellent yeah it's really really slick looking and yeah i love you're you're great on it and diana i i'd never heard her really talk like at like in yeah. a podcast form like that and she's mm-hmm. great like i love her she has a real like droll energy to her voice and stuff. It's just it's a good podcast. I recommend checking your cool. Thanks, man. Tapes and heartbreaks out. Yeah. Well, yeah. what do you got? Uh, yeah, I got um, you know my usual stuff. Uh, if you're into movies, I also want to say you probably noticed that it's been two weeks since the last episode came out. Uh, we're redoing the schedule, so you're going to hear us every two weeks now. Oh yes. Um, so uh, I guess Roadhouse would have come out two weeks ago from when you're hearing this. Um, and uh, so we're, we're going to be doing this kind of on the off weeks of when I do another show called Sup Doc, which is a, a documentary review show. I've, I've plugged it here before. So if it's a, I'm trying to set this up. So if it's a week that this show is not coming out, it'll be a week that Sup Doc is coming out. So you can go check that out. I am not on that show, but I work on that show. Uh, we've been around for like five years or so. Uh, we may or may not be getting the guy from Eve six on that show soon. So <laughs> Max Collins, please, yes, please, please check that out. Uh, we're getting Rodney Asher back. I think he directed uh, glitch in the matrix as well as room two thirty seven, um, which awesome. are excellent documentaries. Uh, he still haven't seen glitch in the matrix. It's good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. That's on Netflix, right? About I don't the know whole... the, the living in a simulation. Yeah, 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 it's it's good. Um, so he was great the last time he was on, and I'm really excited about him coming back. So uh, check that out when it comes out. But um, yeah, a lot of cool stuff on that. And then Nerd Rage: The Great Debates. Uh, very soon we are back in person recording. 
I am so excited about that. It is my comedy game show where all my friends get to yell at each other. Um, and we've been doing it on Zoom for a year and it's, it is fun, but it's not the same. So getting back to do it, doing it in person in a studio setting is going to be amazing. Yeah. You might know it from the ad that plays on here is I would rather have a day job than be a Pokemon yep. master. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. Stephen Koo, former guest, Stephen Koo saying that's pretty funny. I laugh yeah. every time I hear that. That was, that was a real suggestion when we first did the show live at a comic convention. Someone shouted that out. We had Mike Drecker on that. He's, he was a former writer for oh, yeah, uh, I know Mike Jimmy Drucker. Fallon. Yeah. Yeah. Great dude. Um, he came on the show on our very first show that we did. Um, so wonderful awesome. to have him. So, uh, yeah, that's me. Randy, what do you got? Oh, check out my band, Chat Pile. We're working on new material right now. Yep, that's all I got. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, great. Um, this has been, uh, I think, a little bit longer than usual episode, which is fine, because we're talking about Ernest. We're talking about uh, a legend. Yeah. Know? So, uh, uh Thank you all for listening. Thank you all for continuing to listen. Yeah. Thanks again, Josh. We've been doing this. Appreciate it. Thank you, Josh. Yeah. Thank you all for having me. This is fun. Yeah. Uh, Always down to talk earnest. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. We'll do, we'll definitely do one of these again. So indeed. All the way. There's got to be a podcast out there called The Importance of Being Earnest and it's all about earnest. Yeah. I I follow them on Facebook for a while. (laughs) (laughs) They've been around for a few years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, They're good dudes. so great uh, uh, thank you all again I'm yes. wrapping this up uh, I guess I'll just say it see you all later see you. goodbye see you in two weeks bye